the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Good afternoon, Northern California. Welcome. Just about five minutes after the hour, 5 p.m., as we welcome you to another edition of Lifeline. Keeping you company Monday through Friday at this time, as we typically do, addressing issues that impact your life, your world, and your Christian walk. If you have ever traveled through many parts of the Middle East, that the familiar sound five times a day of the Islamic call to prayer. And while it brings up, conjures up ideas, I think, of fascination at certain levels for many Westerns, also brings up concerns, thoughts, questions about the relationship between the Middle East, Islam specifically, and those of us in the West Christians and Jews yet more specifically. Why was the United States attacked and almost 3,000 people forced to lose their lives on that fateful day in September of 2001? Was it our politics, our pluralism, our foreign policy? Was it our friends and our associations? Was it our military? Was it our freedom? Was it our religious beliefs? Drilling down through many of these questions, and certainly difficult ones to be sure, our next guest is a conversation we've been looking forward to, and we are delighted to have the speaker of Leading the Way, Dr. Michael Youssef, and he joins us now by phone. And Dr. Youssef, thanks so much for being with us tonight. Pleasure, Craig. Good to be with you. Thank you for having me. Born in Egypt, raised in Lebanon, you have a heart for the people of the Middle East, uh, and a heart, too, I think, um, uh, Dr. Youssef, to help Americans, uh, and, and in specific American Christians, understand more about what really turns out to be two very divergent worldviews. Exactly. Uh, I think part of the problem uh, that and the confusion and the fog that has been really thrown at us, and I'm talking uh, at us as a society, as a culture, and as a church, is that our desire as Christians to love everyone, to love the Muslim people, and then the understanding, comprehending, and exposing the truth about the system in which the Muslim people themselves are trapped. To make that distinction is tough, it's hard. And so people end up going on one side or the other. You get a bunch of of, of professing Christians, I don't know if they're Christians, but they're professing Christians, who say for the sake of loving Muslims, we love Islam itself, even though it is a contrary, contradictory uh, uh, religion to the very core of the Christian faith. In fact, you have this movement now, it's called Chrislam, where uh, 
churches have an Islamic services in, in their midst, which is really a travesty. Uh, but and then you got on the other extreme, of course, those who lump the Muslims and Islam together, and they refuse to do the skull work of separating the two. And so we got a dilemma: How do we take the Apostle Paul's exhortation to speak the truth in love, and at the same time uh, not to muddy the waters? And so that's what I intended. You know what I've been trying to do, actually, for. Uh, 40 years of ministry uh, around the world and and, uh, particularly in the Middle East. Uh, As you probably know, I've been broadcasting in a dual language program in all of the Arab world for 18 years now on radio uh, in every every town and every city in in, in the entire Arabic world. And now we have a television station 24-7 dedicated to taking the gospel of Jesus Christ into 160 million homes in the Arab world. Now, I wouldn't go to all this trouble if I did not love the Muslim people. Uh, But at the same time, uh, one needs to be truthful and understand that Islam as a system is a world-dominating desired uh, system. That's that's how they started. And the first, literally, the uh, the second successor of the Prophet, Muhammad, the uh, prophet of Islam, uh, took armies and invaded Christian lands. They took the sword and went over to Lebanon and Palestine. All these were Christian lands. 85%, 90% of the populations uh, of all of that region were Christians. Uh, same thing in North Africa and Egypt. They were all 85 to 90% Christians. And they invaded those lands and gave people basically three options. You convert to Islam, uh, pay the... Uh, or pay the, the fine, uh, if you're a Christian, or face the sword. And that's how they conquered most of these Christian lands. And now they're saying, look, that this modern-day jihad is not like that. We're doing it by increasing population in Europe, and we're doing it by uh, using our petrodollars, and consequently, and was an article in the, in the Daily Telegraph in, in London recently, talking about the incredible insti- financial institutions in, in England that are totally owned uh, by Muslims. Uh, the Barclays Bank and uh, Harrods and well, the list goes on and on and on. And so they said, look, with the money and increase in population, we're going to do jihad differently from what our ancestors did it. And so that is something that the Christian public need to understand. That's the ideology. That's the desire. I'm not saying all of them, but that's the militant mindset, the Wahhabis. Um, I was chuckling uh, when this open mic uh, with uh, the president of Russia and, and the gaffe of our president, and I often wonder, what did he say to the king of Saudi Arabia when he bowed down to him um, back when nobody was, was watching and there's no hot mic? Uh, so this is this is this is this is their ideology, and we've got to understand that. And we say, fine. So how we as Christians uh, are to respond? And of course, part of that, response. Go ahead. And of course, part of that response, at least what we've seen so far, uh, is based, I think, or rooted largely, uh, Dr. Youssef, in areas of, of, of well-meaning, of concern, 
of a desire to share the love of Jesus Christ, a desire in sort of the Western way of thinking, particularly from an American viewpoint. We're, we're here in a pluralistic society. We kind of take the, the live and let live approach. Uh, for the best part of the history of our nation, we have seen Jews and Christians and Protestants and Catholics all manage to get along and live side by side peacefully and never really run into any kind of conflicts. And yet it is this large degree of Western ignorance on the topic, ignorance of sort of the, the the Western mindset, not understanding the Eastern mind, the Eastern teachings as it relates to Islam, and what the real intentions are. We're going to dig down to some of these questions today on the program and hopefully get some answers for you as well. Dr. Michael Youssef, our special guest, getting some understanding as to what is taught by uh, Islam. What is the radical Islamic agenda today, or more specifically, how America and the West has become blindsided? Blindsided by the Radical Islamic Conquest, the new book by Dr. Youssef. Get your look here at uh, traffic over at the KFAX Traffic Center. Here's Peter Ashley. Hey, Peter. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the program. Amazing the number of opinions as to why the attacks on the United States on 9-11. Is it our politics, our pluralism, our foreign policy? Our friends and associations, our military, is it our belief system? Dr. Michael Yosef, our very special guest tonight, focusing on his brand new book, Blindsided, The Radical Islamic Conquest. Is that a, a sense of well-meaning, Dr. Yosef, when you've heard down through the years some of these excuses? I remember back even in the days immediately following 9-11, President Bush getting up and talking about how this peaceful religion had been hijacked by a handful of radical Muslims. Is that, again, kind of the attempt to, to portray or to project our, our, our Western ideology, our Western way of thinking, our pluralism on another religion, and not really fully understanding what we're talking about here? Sure, Bush was wrong about that, and he was wrong about bringing democracy to the Muslim world, because Islam and democracy just cannot mix. Uh, democracy by its nature is uh, West, it's biblical and Western, it came out of the uh, Protestant Reformation, where the right of the individual and the freedom of the individual is paramount. While in Islam, it's a theocratic society that Allah has to, Allah is the one who rules through his caliphate, and therefore uh, man has no rights or freedoms. So uh, trying to impose democracy was just a, a, a fallacy that it did not work, just like all the other stuff uh, that uh, when it comes through Western grid, it doesn't work. And that's why... Uh, you know, you can say, well, it's because of Israel, but I promise you, if Israel does not exist, uh, we would have the same problem. Um, and and, and look, look what is, is happening in Europe. I mean, I read their material, I read their own material, uh, their own uh, published material, where they had big conferences about how we're going to take over Europe. <laughs> and that has nothing to do with Israel. It has everything to do with the fact that they are commanded in the Quran. But I wish people would read the Quran. Uh, I think it's great for Christians to read it. They should read it. Uh, they're commanded to basically take on uh, the world. And they said, whatever you, the bottom of your feet touches, it immediately become a Muslim land. Now, you can uh, basically try to work out all sorts of deals while you're in the weak side until you become stronger, then you, you change the, the, the deal. Uh, but nonetheless, that is their command. We're commanded by our Lord to take the gospel to the ends of the earth uh, through love and peace. Uh, they are commanded to take the world 
uh, by all means possible. Let's get some calls here. We're going to run into uh, Hayward first up and say good afternoon to Steve. Steve, come on in with your comment or question for Dr. Michael Youssef. Yes, uh, thank you, thank you both for for having me. My, my question really is: Why is America so blindsided when we have, throughout history, allowed other faiths and religions to come into America, including Buddhists and Mormons and the like, and 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 allow them to flourish here in America with their religions, um, put up their churches, uh, make a place, you know, be kind and considerate, and and uh, you know, in general, allow them to be here. And then we, we, we act like we don't know what's going on when these things happen to us in regards to Islam, as if, as if we don't understand the people and the different faiths that we're allowing in America. Any comments on that? Yes. Uh, I mean, we've got to understand that uh, uh, a Buddhist uh, is not necessarily their ideology, is not to conquer the world, um, and uh, Baha'is and the rest of it, uh, and therefore there was no problem. Um, but once you bring in uh, uh, people who base their basic ideology is to come in and slowly but surely to convert the world because that is doing Allah, their God, a favor, and therefore we have to expect that. Now we were blindsided because we still don't understand that. We still um, uh, pretend that this is just a religion like all other religions without a a conquering ideology. That's the sad part. Next up for Dr. Michael Youssef, here is Mark in San Jose. Mark, come on in with your comment or question. You're on KFAX. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Fred. You know, uh, the thing is, is uh, all the Muslims I've met, you know, and I go out witnessing on college campuses, they all seem to be nice people, and uh, I don't think anything, you know, any of them that I've met, you know, would be willing to carry out violence, but the problem is, of course, is if you've read the Quran, as I have, and we all have, and the Hadith, there's all sorts of stuff, uh, you know, in there, like uh, there's a story about how they killed uh, 100 Jews while their wives and kids were crying and weeping, and they decapitated them. And it's spoken of as a positive thing where you're actually rewarded for killing the so-called infidels. But, you know, the thing is, is this. Uh, I, uh, I do believe 9-11 could not have been prevented because it was the sixth trumpet there's a parallelism to the day that God told Elijah the prophet to anoint Yahoo king over Israel on the biblical sixth trumpet. And although it does take a little while to explain, it's definitely in the Bible. It's, it's what Jesus called the abomination of desolation, and Daniel did too. It's stated as uh, occurring in 1290 days in Daniel, but 1263 and a half in Revelation. Let me, let me jump in real quick, Mark, because I appreciate your call. I don't want to get too far afield into eschatology. Get us off the topic, but let me get Dr. Youssef to to address the the core point that you bring up. Why is there this sense, Dr. Youssef, that there's there's two very different Islams out there? For example, a lot of us that live here in the United States, we know Muslims, we work with them, we go to school with them. They're neighbors of ours. They seem to be peaceful people, and then we see this stark contrast of the behavior of Islam in the Middle East or the events that occurred on 9-11. Why such two radically different pictures that we have of Islam? Sure. Well, because it is, it is uh, they both are true. <laughs> uh, I, the first 18 years of my life, I lived in the Middle East. I grew up in the Middle East. Some of my best friends were Muslims. I had Muslims stayed in my house. I stayed at their house. And uh, this uh, modern radicalization which is the brand of Islam that says we'll go back to orthodoxy, go back to the time of the Prophet, 
uh, it's started by Ibn Wahhab, which you hear it now as the Wahhabi movement, and uh, in Saudi Arabia, and it's it's that radical teaching of Islam of total annihilation of the infidels, which was not the case among many uh, the Sufis and many other Muslims, and so many of my friends, are, and, and 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 I still have friends, uh, do not espouse that, but that. Uh, return to 7th century Islam uh, began to be pushed around the world by the Saudis where they were pouring in billions of dollars into these madrasas and so now we end up with a brand of Islam that dominates now to be sure there are westernized, there are moderate there was a so called moderate but they're really uh, are westernized Muslims who uh, embarrassed about this, who would wish that it, uh, and they would interpret it different. They would say, for example, this belongs to the seventh century; it does not belong to today, and that it was necessary then for the establishment of Islamic religion. It is not now. Lots of scholars are saying that now. Now, but they're very small in number, and they really are. Um, uh, 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 <laughs> many of them are really afraid even to speak too too loud, uh, because. It, it is totally controlled, vast majority of the Wahhabis all around the globe. They've just taken over Egypt, a country that for 60 years has been uh, semi-secular in its uh, outlook. Uh, same with Tunisia, same with Libya. I mean, it's, uh, it, it just seemed to be sweeping the world. And, uh, of course, we just saw an example of it in, in France recently, uh, where we, we know the anti-Semitism has been rising all over Europe. But then you get that, the shooting of the rabbi and his two kids. It's just that is the example of how that type of Islam, the Wahhabi Islam, is being now becoming the majority Islam. As we have seen governments fall in Tunisia, Libya, Egypt, uh, there was much talk about the Arab Spring. Is the Arab Spring turning into the Islamic winter? We'll take a look at that question next. Our conversation continues with Dr. Michael Youssef. The program, by the way, leading the way, heard weekday afternoons at 3.30 p.m. right here on KFAX. More of the conversation as our visit today with Dr. Michael Youssef continues from KFAX. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Tower 2 has had a major explosion and what appears to be a complete collapse surrounding the entire area. Today our nation saw evil, the very worst of human nature, and we responded with the best of America. Four commercial airplanes in the United States, two United Airlines, two American Airlines, have crashed. We know two of them went into, uh, this is one of the planes, American Airlines 77, Dulles to Los Angeles. That plane, that second plane, believed to have crashed uh, into uh, the Pentagon. First American Airlines flight believed to have crashed into one of the World Trade Center towers. United Airlines flight 93 leaving Newark on the way to San Francisco believed to have uh, crashed in Pennsylvania near Pittsburgh, and finally another United Airlines flight believed to have crashed into the World Trade Center. Even almost 11 years after the events of September the 11th still seared in our minds, we struggle with the questions of why. 
How do we understand? How do we relate? And most importantly, from a Christian perspective, how do we respond? Our conversation tonight with best-selling author, he is Dr. Michael Youssef, host of Leading the Way, the broadcast weekday afternoons at 3.30 p.m. right here on KFAX. Get back to more of your calls for Dr. Youssef. We're going to talk next to Martin. Martin, come on in with your comment or question for Dr. Michael Youssef. My question is, is God going to deal with the United States for not helping Israel? God is going to deal with the United States. Well, let's let's talk a bit about that relationship. You know, one of the things, Dr. Youssef, that often we've heard cited is the sense that uh, because the United States has been so friendly toward Israel that this has put a target on us, I think we've seen a little bit of an easing of the nature or depth of that relationship under the current administration. But what of this issue of America's relationship with Israel and the whole Islamic question? You know, when you think about it, uh, Israel is a tiny little country uh, which uh, has is, is a true democracy in the truest sense of the word. Uh, for example, uh, we had a, a, an Israeli consul general here in Atlanta a few years ago who happened to be a Druze, not Jewish. Now, that you would never find that in the Arab world. Uh, in the Arab world, the idea of democracy is one man, one vote, one time, uh, until they take over power. But So you got the tiny little democracy in the sea of, used to be dictatorships, now sea of Islamic, uh, ide- ideological Islamic militants. And uh, if Israel goes... It's like they often used to refer to Israel as the little Satan, but America is the big Satan. At least that's what Khomeini used to say um, in in Iran. Uh, So really, Israel is not even the question. Uh, That's just an excuse. Um, uh, To be sure, in the mindset, in the mentality, is that uh, since their world is divided into two divisions, you've got the House of Islam and the House of War, that's everybody in Islam and everybody out of Islam, and therefore the house, members of the House of War, Jewish people, have come and occupied the land that belongs to the House of Islam. So consequently, they're not going to rest until they try to destroy Israel. Um, now, we're not the only country standing with Israel, although we're the only one who are vocally standing with Israel, but uh, other European countries are supporting Israel. The whole, really, the world, except the Muslim world, uh, acknowledge Israel's right to exist, and uh, uh, Egypt and Jordan, at least to to a certain degree, uh, used to be Turkey. They all had uh, diplomatic relations with Israel, uh, so it's not an it's not an it's it's not that simple that uh, that you know, because of Israel we are suffering. All right. Thanks so much for your call, Martin. We're going to move on next to uh, Gary in Santa Rosa. Gary, you've been very patient. Come on in with your comment or question for Dr. Michael Yosef. Yes, thank you very much. Um, Dr. Yosef, I really appreciate the education that you're providing on uh, this particular topic, because I know myself, I don't know a whole lot about uh, what the Muslims believe and and, uh, why they act the way they act, and this really has shed a lot of light on it. I really appreciate it. Do you, um, I guess my question would be, do you have um, a feeling as to how this current administration, um, how they feel about Muslims and, and the impact that they have on this administration? Well, before Mr. Obama was elected, uh, uh, Jesse Jackson, the Reverend Jesse Jackson, spilled the beans in a conference in Paris 
and he said that uh, if Obama gets elected, he uh, uh, that uh, Israel will be finished, and it's now going to the Arabs. And then they came back, of course, and they denied it. Oh no, 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 that's not the case. And um, but you know, it, it's so clear to any person <laughs> you have to be blind not to see it that um, Israel is totally. Uh, being and the way they treated the prime minister of Israel and and got him in the back side of the White House and and then they get uh, uh, they give the the, the Muslim Arab leaders uh, the car- red carpet treatment and there's obvious a bias uh, in in the current administration. I mean that just and and I was in Israel twice last year and 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 they they basically uh, uh, very afraid that America may not be standing by them anymore. Uh, and so that is that is a fact. By the way, uh, Craig, if I can tell Gary and all your listeners, there is uh, if they're interested in write in, in I'm writing a great deal about the political side of things, not as a ministry but a separate uh, entity. Uh, it's called MichaelYusuf.com. It's that very simple, MichaelYusuf.com, and I have written extensively about the political issues. Uh, this is a a company that is not a ministry. And therefore, I had the freedom to write about it without uh, being associated as uh, the head of leading the way or the church. And I've written about the, the whole issues of the Middle East, Islam, politics, uh, the Arab Spring. As a matter of fact, I was, uh, the day the rise of the uh, revolution in Egypt, I was sitting on the CNN desk here in Atlanta on worldwide te- television CNN telling them, don't believe your reporters on the ground. As soon as the Mubarak goes, the Islamists are going to take over. And I have been waiting for them to invite me back so I can say, I told you so. <laughs> that hasn't happened so far. Probably no It has surprise. not happened so far, and I doubt where it's going to happen. But if you, any of the listeners want to check some of the writings on all of these issues, uh, I mean, I have written many, many, many times. And, of course, my blog is picked up by townhall.com and and one news now with a whole bunch of other uh, uh, networks but uh, michaelyusuf.com i have a weekly report there's one on uh, on right now on uh, the whole concept of jihad appreciate that dr yusuf could you stay with us for a couple of more minutes sure okay great we're going to take a brief time out want to get you a quick update on traffic see if we can squeeze another call in and then we're going to have dr yusuf answer specifically this question about the so-called arab spring turning into what some have considered to be the islamic winter particularly in light of what's been going on in his own home nation of egypt a quick time out back with more and some closing thoughts from dr yusuf Right now, over to the KFAX Traffic Center. Here's another update for you on the road home with Peter Ashley. Hey, Peter. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. The world is divided into two sides. The side of faith and the side of infidelity. Welcome back to the conversation. There was a quote from Osama bin Laden, uh, taken a number of years ago, articulating what perhaps is at the core a very true statement, that the world is divided. It is essentially two worldviews. We're talking about that topic tonight. Dr. Michael Youssef, host of Leading the Way. Of course, his broadcast is heard weekday afternoons at 3.30 p.m. right here on KFAX. Lee in Palo Alto, come on in with your comment or question for Dr. Youssef. 
Hi, I just wanted to thank you so much for putting together the prayer chain. I joined your email, and it was just so comforting to know that there was a prayer that everybody was on the same page and saying the same thing, and it was just comforting. So I wanted to thank you for that. Thank you, Lee. And we're about to launch another one, and next week we're we're calling for 100,000 people who are going to pray daily for America between now and Election uh, Day. So thank you for, for that. Now we, you're going to hear from me soon. Well, that's great. Sign me up, and I'll, I'll uh, mention it to my Bible <laughs> study tomorrow night. Amen. All right, Lee. God bless you. Thanks so much for your call here tonight. Dr. Yosef, as we've seen kind of the domino effect taking place uh, in the Middle East over the last many months, so Tunisia, Libya, your own home nation of Egypt, this sense that I think particularly from a Western viewpoint, and, and we see the, 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 the calls for freedom and the fall of tyranny and and uh, these dictatorships and so forth. I think a lot of us in the West assume that it naturally meant it was somewhat kind of similar to the American Revolution, rather, 1776, that it was yeah. a fight for democracy. And yet we've seen, particularly in Egypt, with what's happened to the Coptic Christians and the rise of the Muslim Brotherhood there, that yeah. sadly, just the opposite is happening. Exactly. And what uh, even what's going on in Syria today, and people think, well, this is, this is a freedom-loving people fighting a dictator. No, they're going to be a bunch of dictators for, for fighting another dictator. Uh, they are, the one is Shia uh, sect, the other one is Sunni. And there's a Muslim Brotherhood who are fighting in Syria, not uh, an Al-Qaeda. They're not freedom-loving. So it is really, the sad part for me is to see countries where I used to tell people when they traveled with me, places like Egypt, I say, you're safer to walk in the middle of the night in the streets of Cairo than you are in any American city. I can't say that anymore because since the so-called Arab Spring, the place has become dangerous. Uh, churches are being burned, people are being killed in the street, and the Muslims are now trying to write a new constitution where it's going to be worse than Saudi Arabia. We're going to chop the hands of people and the legs and, and all that stuff. And it's really, really sad what is happening to, to that part of the world today. And we need to realize, and that, let that be a warning to us, is that uh, that that could come here? That uh, with the shari- introduction of the Sharia courts is basically the camel's nose under the tent. And we've seen and, that there had been uh, a move toward more and more states wanting to pass laws that would forbid judges from utilizing so-called Sharia law in the application of of uh, American jurisprudence. But now we're seeing even that is kind of beginning to to sort of wane. It seems as if the further we get away from 9-11, the the dimmer our memory grows. And it's interesting because as much as we we pride ourselves on our our intellectual enlightenment in the West, there seems to be uh, almost a sense of spiritual ignorance on this topic that's astounding. Exactly. And and England is a very good example of that. They thought, well, if they put... If they allow two or three Sharia courts, you know, for the Muslims who really want to be treated by their laws, which is terrifying to women, by the way, because they would go to a Sharia court and the man has beaten his wife, and the Sharia judge says, "Hey, go back and beat her some more, because that's what you commanded to do." And uh, and and in those two, three courts now there are 88 of them, mm. and they are growing like topsy throughout the British Isles. And uh, as I said, it's it's only you get the nose, the tent, under, uh, the camel's nose under the tent, and it's uh, Katie by the door. A final question for you, Doctor Yusuf. You've been so gracious to stay with us a little longer here tonight. Uh, on, on the grander's topic here, as we talk about what's going on 
it's around the globe and the responsibility of the church. And, and, and I don't want to get distracted with uh, too much focus on eschatology. But where do you see all of this headed, number one, uh, particularly as we've seen the so-called Arab Spring turning into this Islamic winter in countries like Egypt? Yeah. And then secondarily, what do you believe is the responsibility of every Christian in terms of how do we respond to all of this? I think any Christian who claims to really know the Lord Jesus Christ and being born again and is not involved in some way in evangelism, in global evangelism, is really sinning against the Lord. And I'll talk about global evangelism. It could be across the street or across the world. It's sinning against the commission of the Lord. He is the one who commanded us to go to Ta Ethna. That's every nation, every ethnic group. And especially these days, um, that uh, if we live in the, living in the last day of that, I've been doing a series on Second Thessalonians, and Paul talks about end of history when he said, "When the, you, you basically see that the Holy Spirit begin to uh, withdraw, that restraining force of the Holy Spirit." Not the Holy Spirit himself will disappear, but as his hand, the power and influence being taken out of the world, the spirit of lawlessness, and we see that spirit of lawlessness is happening all over us, all over the world, and it's all around us. And then the man of lawlessness will rise, and uh, whether we are around the corner from that or not, I'm not one of those people who set dates, but I'm uh, certainly saying that we're living at a certain time in history where it is incumbent upon every Christian to get serious about their Christian faith and stop sitting in the seats of salvation on that blessed assurance <laughs> and going to church and, and then living for self for the rest of the week. I think those days are over for believers. Now, we don't want to challenge the Christians to realize their God-given call and responsibility to be actively involved in reaching out in one way or another. There are some people can go, some people can give, some people can pray, but every church and every believer should be involved. And you know, uh, to kind of put a bow on this, the, the only hope for the world is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's incumbent upon us to share that message. We are called to, to love our neighbors as ourselves and to go into all the world and preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, that, and that's not a mandate that rests only on the shoulders of Dr. Youssef, but in fact a mandate that rests on the shoulders of all of us. Craig, thank you so much for having me. Take care now. Dr. Michael Youssef, Blindsided, the Radical Islamic Conquest. Details, too, there on the Ministry of Leading the Way and the broadcast, Make a Point. Weekday afternoons at 3.30 p.m. right here on KFAX. And we uh, so much appreciate the ministry of Dr. Youssef. I want to get more information specifically about his background, both the senior pastor of the Church of the Apostles in Atlanta and his involvement with the Leading the Way broadcast. Uh, information on the web at leadingtheway.org. KFAX, streaming now on iHeart and the Odyssey app. Portions of our programming may be pre-recorded. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.